0: podcast world welcome to another episode of the value i'm your host kevin valley and i want to thank you for tuning in you may notice that right now my voice is just not as energetic as it usually is you know right now i'm a little more somber a little more quiet a little more calm yeah that's because it's after midnight right now and i'm getting ready to take a four-hour bus ride tomorrow you know i'm your boy is tired <laughs> your boy is tired <laughs> just collected some laundry I haven't packed yet but I really wanted to get this episode recorded because this is something that has been on my mind for several years growing up in a small island so my country Trinidad and Tobago we have about 1.3 to 1.4 million persons living there I've been educated in the Caribbean through and through primary school secondary school um, university I've been educated within the Caribbean region I'm one of the most patriotic Caribbean nationals you'll ever find And we have great education. As a matter of fact, the literacy rate in my country is well over 90%. When students leave my country and and go abroad to study, they are ranked among the best of the best. Our education is solid. Our secondary school education is free for the most part. Our university education is also free for the most part. thanks to our government. However, when persons come through the education system, and they're ready to enter the employment market, they realize, whoa, I put in all of this work for all of these years. My parents beat me. I got these grades and now this is the salary offering me. These are all the opportunities that are available to me. And at that point, folks start to look outside. And for me, one of the biggest losses we experience is the loss of opportunity. In January 2021, I wrote an article and I posted it on LinkedIn. Article was entitled, Can We Clog the Brain Drain?" And right now I'm actually going to just take the opportunity to read the article to you and just get into some of the comments that was made on the article. This article received a lot of comments that had a lot of interactivity and engagement on it. So here it goes. It happens. Every year, that friend, colleague or relative with immense potential who's frustrated by the lack of opportunities available locally, enticed by the opportunity to start over, to grow and build a new and better life abroad, decides to do just that. You see, our country, Trinidad and Tobago, has invested heavily in their education, but is unable to reap the rewards because of a lacking employment system. And this causes the trip of the brain drain. So the brain drain refers to the process in which a country loses its most educated and talented workers to other countries with more favorable geographic, economic or professional environments through migration. And this would affect home countries through loss of tax revenue, loss of potential future entrepreneurs and a shortage of important and skilled workers. So let's talk about our investment education. The first Prime Minister of Trinidad and Tobago, Dr. Eric Williams, one of his famous quotes is The future of our nation is in our children's school bags. The Republic of Trinidad and Tobago is said to have a literacy rate of 99%. And this is typical of other island states in the Caribbean high literacy rates. Our nation has long made quality education a high priority, and successive governments have invested heavily by subsidizing much of our secondary and tertiary education. Many graduates have actually said that undergraduate level education at the University of the West Indies is significantly more challenging than graduate level education in a developed nation. However, many times the country does not get to benefit from this investment in education as the local, private or employment sector does not offer attractive remuneration packages, commensurate with the cost of living. Additionally, there's a lack of available jobs suitable to the varied and unique specialized skill sets of citizens. So, if you're an actuary, you just have to do actuarial science. You can't focus on whatever particular niche you wanted to get. You know, the smaller island states, the smaller countries, they're not favorable for niching down or specializing. Despite the formidable strength of our well developed school system, the not so developed business sector provides insufficient attractive opportunities for our skilled graduates. And as a result, they opt to look elsewhere. Because the grass is always greener, higher salaries, a plethora of opportunities, and a better standard of living, these attract our talented citizens away from our shores to take residence in larger nations such as North America, the UK, and Europe. Because their productive resources are desired, utilized, and circulated in their new homeland, Their presence only to be felt again during Christmas holidays, carnival season, and other special events. So what's stopping us from doing better? Why are we unable to offer our locals better opportunities and attractive compensation? Is it not enough revenues being generated from local companies to offer attractive employee compensation? Is it that our private and public sectors share unwillingness to offer attractive compensation? Is it the lack of investment in entrepreneurship and innovation? Or is it just, that's just the way it is? Now, opinions may vary on this, but what we know for certain is that this represents a lost opportunity for Trinidad and Tobago or any other country or state that experiences this issue. So we acknowledge that migration in and of itself is a positive driver of globalization, providing fresh talent, fresh perspectives and chances to both migrants and receiving countries. However, It is the scale of emigration and the lack of significant diasporic investment thereafter that is alarming and detrimental to our countries. So we ask again, what can be done to retain and properly use their talent after investment in education and professional development? How can our countries create more opportunities for growth, creative expression and fulfilling careers? How can we clog the brain drain? I, for one, I think that the private sector must lead. A major part of the solution is to develop a strong private company financing ecosystem within the Caribbean region. It's not feasible to charge governments with the sole responsibility of improving our economy. So it's not, well, the government had to fix it. No. A government is only as strong as the businesses within its borders as it is from these businesses the government derives its income through taxes or what have you. The private sector and investors also have important roles to play in building stronger, more investable businesses and providing the necessary disruption to the Caribbean business financing ecosystem. We are the ones in charge. Small and medium sized enterprises and entrepreneurs in the Caribbean are largely underserved by existing financial structures and they face significant challenges in accessing financing to grow and scale their businesses. We need to empower the entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship can be the vehicle that creates jobs, fosters financial freedom for our citizens, and makes our economy attractive. Improved access to financing through a stronger business financing ecosystem will accelerate this and create the avenues to stimulate increased private sector revenues, which can be used to invest in our region's healthcare and national security sectors, our modern technological infrastructure and digitization initiatives, Our agriculture and food production sectors, which we love to export because of our natural propensity to generate organic food. Our environmental and social governments, we need to invest in our region's entrepreneurship and innovation, as well as our youth and our sport, fashion, creative sectors. Improvements in the general standard of living and quality of life in Caribbean states would make our countries more investable and more attractive to both resident citizens and members of the diaspora who are looking for opportunities to support the home countries which gave them their start. Creating the ecosystem and environment in which entrepreneurs are encouraged and able to thrive is an essential component of slowing and reversing that flight of talent known as the brain drain. It is not only an investment in the present citizens but a long-term investment with positive returns for the region's future. So I want to know what you guys think. Do you agree with these ideas? Yes or no? So this is something that I posted on LinkedIn in January 2021 and got a lot of comments. I'm going to read just a handful of those comments because I think they were really interesting. But I'm also going to, in the show notes, I'm going to add a link to the LinkedIn post so you could go in and join in on the conversation and let me know what you think. All right. So the first comment I want to read is from my good friend, Karen Rose. And Karen says, as someone who left Canada and made the move to the Caribbean, I think one of the big things that does not get highlighted enough in these forums is the treatment of immigrants. I've never seen someone in politics with dreadlocks until I moved to Trinidad. I've always felt like there was a limitation to what we could do under foreign systems until I moved here. The older generations may not talk about this because they want to assimilate, but it's a topic of conversation amongst the younger generation who do not want to settle. Plus, we are constantly treated as second-class citizens and fill up the prison institutions in other countries. The lower cost of living can be very attractive for remote workers or digital entrepreneurs. What Mia Motley did for the invitation for remote workers to Barbados during the COVID pandemic is a standard that the Caribbean as a whole, or the Caribbean on a whole, I think, should follow. Thanks, Karen, for your contribution. And now my friend, Dr. Terry carell Reed, he says... Another well-written and thoughtful piece. The Caribbean in general suffers from this and it's a mixer of everything you mentioned. For me, it definitely has to do with how we see and value our system and if we also feel valued. More emphasis, curricula, incubators and innovator camps should be instilled from as early as early childhood education or ECC. The focus and shift needs to happen from being cogs to innovators and startups, exploring our talent digitally While keeping money here, it's a deep topic. Ali Shaquille Letman says, I appreciate this. This also is a learned behavior. It spills from the government and trickles down to how we as individual citizens value the country. We've allowed outside influences to thwart the mind that it's always better away. And, no, not to join sides with them, but some opportunities just don't avail themselves to some persons. School fees is near 2 million. Now, this isn't Jamaican currency. I'm sorry. The Jamaica to US dollar is 150, 155. So you'll have to do that math. School fee is near 2 million Jamaican dollars. Yet the yearly salary on a job available is 1.5. It's not even a job you go study for. What to do? This topic has a lot of intricacies that needs to be addressed. I want to pull up a couple more comments here because I think this discussion was really important and interesting. Okay, so this comment comes in from Dr. Gillian Marcel. Important perspective. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. There are some ways in which we differ. My view is that Caribbean citizens who are active across the globe can play an invaluable role in the development of our region of origin. Oh, I definitely agree with that, Jillian. We can start by viewing migration and mobility as knowledge circulation and renewal rather than brain drain and putting in policies for benefiting from our diaspora. Now, my only challenge with that, Jellin, is that not everybody who goes abroad and gets employed abroad is going to invest or send money back to the Caribbean region. They're going to you know, spend money on themselves and their families abroad and you know, continue to build the economies in which they're participating or living in. My response to Jellin was, hey, Jellin, great to hear from you. I fully agree with you that knowledge circulation and renewal and diaspora investment should be the goal. I think that building out our private sector through investable businesses and focusing on making our countries clean, attractive, and safe to live in and do business in will go a long way. Thanks for your feedback. And Jillian responded, Kevin, the good thing is that the diaspora often has a different calculus from other types of investors and development partners. Therefore, local policy makers and private sector actors would do well to start by asking, What would it take for you to contribute to your knowledge? financial, and social capital to the development of your region of origin. That's a good question. Diaspora professionals and retirees can be the ultimate impact investors, but are currently not being mobilized in the case of Trinidad and Tobago. Jamaica has a much better handle on this. Hopefully, in many of your roles, Kevin, <laughs> you can be part of the process of changing this. Glad that your reflective post has begun this exchange. We have a lot to do. Dwayne Barrett says kevin in my humble opinion we are not taught to be innovative from an early age we are taught to be followers and risk avoiders the recent death of butch stewart gave me pause to relook at how he created the sandals empire this should be taught to young ones but modernized to include software as a product to sell to the world just my quick opinion thank you duane all right i want to look for one more comment do we have time for one more comment It was a really long comment that I was fearful that we may not have time to read, but looking at the time now, so well under that 20-minute mark, so I'm going to find that comment and read it. Okay, so we have a comment here from Mr. Brian Joseph, who's a partner at Vario Partners LLP. Hello, Brian. So Brian says, Kevin, Jillian is correct in highlighting that the diaspora has a different perspective on this. The reasons why people move countries are complex. They include seeking a larger and more global stage to develop their talents and the complete lack of opportunity or safety within their own local environment to develop their skills. My perspective is that you are correct in that the private sector needs to play a pivotal role in future development. The government, however, cannot abdicate responsibility as it is the creator of the environment with its tax legislative and educational policies. I fully agree that the government, that's the framework, Brian. I fully agree. The TNT Trinidad and Tobago government has schooled its population and not educated it. It does not provide safety and security for its citizens. And the current murder rate is a good indicator. And it has failed in its investment of the rents that it has received from its natural resources. It has also failed to learn from more successful countries or economies such as Singapore, Malaysia, Bermuda. We do, as a Caribbean region... We need a radical rethink of how to reset our economies and to harness our population. This must include how we open our economies and empower our young people to rebuild as the world changes. Okay. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you very much, Mr. Brian Joseph, for your contribution. Okay, one. Ah, here's the long post. This is what I'm looking for. All right. This is Mr. Craig Nelson, the Chief Officer at Accelerate Energy. All right, so Craig's notes are about four long paragraphs, but let's get into it. So Craig says, having read the article as well as all the comments, I noticed that a lot of ideas are being proposed, chief among them being innovation. I will come back to that later, but first let me say this. I believe that the problem of brain drain is both well known and documented. I may be wrong about this as I have not done any thorough research on the topic, so forgive my assumption. The question that needs to be answered here in my opinion, is what is being done to resolve the issue. I know some people will be quick to point out that is exactly what the article seeks to address by identifying the problem along with the causes and proposing solutions. However, what I fail to see as a solution or part thereof is the practical steps being taken by any stakeholder, be it government, private sector companies, nonprofit profit organizations, or other interested parties to stem the brain drain. I say this because there seems to be a lot of discourse on the matter, including many proposals from learned individuals, but not much being done in the real economy or the actual society to effect changes that are necessary. I agree, Craig. We need to have a lot more actually being done. And yeah, I mean, I brought the article up to bring it to folks' attention. And yes, I mean, I'm definitely working on it in my little silo anyway. you Six points were we'll listed as options for investment. Two things. First, how do we invest in those areas to ensure that it benefits your society on a whole, not just the perceived benefits? And secondly, how do ordinary citizens participate in that investment? Without a doubt, a multifaceted multi-agency and multilateral approach will be required to formulate and execute a plan of action to address the issue in order to reduce or possibly stop the brain drain. But regardless, there will need to be a set of practical steps that can be understood by everyone in our societies if it is to have the desired effect. Craig was on to say, I agree that the government needs to be held accountable. One way to achieve this is to educate the population. By education, I mean teaching every citizen about the structure, functions, and responsibilities of our government so that they, through coordination, can help to force the government to act accordingly. What that looks like in terms of practical steps is at the local level, organizing community meetings and carrying out a series of educational workshops for the citizens of every town and village. This, I surmise, will start the educational change that we need in order for us to move our societies in the direction. In addition to the fact that it will already bring the people together for coordinating towards enforcing policies later on. Let me now come back to the point about innovation. There is currently a lot of talk about innovation in all aspects of society and a concerted effort to educate the younger generation so that they are better able to cope in the modern world and be innovators themselves. I, however, think that we need to get the right things right before we start advocating for innovation, or at least while advocating for innovation since we do not wish to be left behind. The reason for this can be seen from the simple example I will use here. Even the criminals are innovative. (laughs) With all that said, I would like for all those concerned, conscientious individuals to come together as a community, formulate a plan, and work on implementing the myriad of proposals that are in the public domain in a manner that will reap real rewards instead of just scholarly discourse. I, for one, am open to exploring the solutions and doing my part in making the necessary changes, as well as putting in the enormous amount of work that, that will take thank you very much mr craig nelson for your contribution we really appreciate that all right folks podcast world i would like to end this episode here again i invite you guys to jump on the linkedin post the link will be in the show notes jump on the linkedin post read the article make your comments join the discussion and let me know what you think we should do oh what's also cool about this the value.show website is that there's a function I believe it's a new reviews page where you can leave a voice note, And those of you who leave voice notes, I will select maybe one or two of them to play in the next episode. All right. Follow The Value at TheValue.show. Check us out on your favorite podcast player be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, wherever you listen to your podcast. And with that, I will see you in the next episode of The Value. For right now, we are... Oats.